Hey rippers, are you learning how to surf? But are you a beginner or a big old kook? There is a difference, you know. And since there's many ways to kook it, you should stick around and learn a few things. Cause if you don't know, let me tell you right now that surfers love to spot a kook. But don't get all stressed about it, cause everyone kooks it once in a while. And that's the reason for this podcast. Cause the more you know, the less you'll kook it. So bust out your swimmies and get ready to learn. The KookCast is here to lead you on your journey out of kookdom, one episode at a time. And hopefully, offer you some traction on this slippery slope between kookery and killing it. I'm your host, Coach Chris, and I started the surf coaching and education resource, thesurfcontinuum.com. Make sure to hop online and head over there to check out some more great resources that'll help you on your way to surfing better. Now let's go catch up with my friend, Emily Anderson. All right, all right. Here we go. Emily, are you ready? I'm so excited. Oh, all right. You just look like you froze. <laughs> no, I don't know. Should I tell you what I was thinking? Are you all yes, already please. recording? Shall I? Can I get some suntan lotion? Of course you can. Um, just because I got super burnt yesterday sitting at like... Yeah, I came prepared. I sunblocked up, as you can tell by my lipstick leftovers on my glass. I'm a director. I've seen everything where people like, I get them all mic'd. And they, then they're like, oh no, I need the toilet. I'm like, I literally was just about to press record. Nah. So, I shouldn't have done that to you. That's fine. I, uh, that, I think that's the beauty of podcasts is that it's pretty natural and you don't, I don't stress about making it sound pro or like we're in a studio, because we're not. We're sitting on your back deck. Yeah. It's a beautiful day outside. Yeah. And we need sunblock because the sun's beaming on us. I know. Do you want some? Uh, no, I came prepared. Oh, okay. I like live, I bathe in sunblock in the morning before oh, I go out. All right, all right. All right, all right. right. How okay. was your session this morning? I saw you, I saw you getting out of the water. Uh, oh, you did? Yeah, I was on the beach. Well, I would say that I... I, I had just surfed before. Oh. I went with very low expectations, as you have to do living here a lot of the time. Yeah. And I was pleasantly surprised. I made some great new friends. Um, reconnected with some friends, you know, it's the start of the summer, so all these people that you don't see all winter are finally kind of coming out of the woodwork. Mm-hmm. So, um, yes, Wonderful. it was warm, it was beautiful, I was stoked. The I got water was warm? Of... Well, the air was warm. Oh, air was warm, yeah. I the thought water was w- still surprisingly cold. Uh, well, my hands would agree with you, but my body felt pretty good. <laughs> Did you not have gloves on? No, I finally, yeah, I'm finally slowly, slowly revealing skin yeah. one weekend at a time. As we do out here in the yeah. Northeast. <laughs> yeah, but no, it was, it was really fantastic. How were the waves? How was the surfing? Well, you know, what I learned from your podcast is even if it says red on one of the surf apps, it doesn't mean that it's going to be terrible. Right. And I think for the first few years when I got into learning uh, about all like the apps and like actually checking, I'd be like, well, it's red. I'm not going. I'm going to stay in bed. <laughs> but now, like, kind of learning a bit more about like swell and wind direction and just like not being such an idiot, <laughs> I'm like, well, now I'm going to go and check. And it right. was, it was great. I mean, that's the beautiful thing about our sport is that there's so many dynamics to it that, you know, you can't really just categorize it in one of three colors. You know, you have to, you have to go and just look at it. And that should be like an exciting thing for people. I feel like. In some ways, surf forecasting has kind of ruined the the process of checking waves and searching for waves, you know, and that I even when I was a kid, I mean, I, I, I'm sure you've heard some of my guests talk about this, but uh, even when I was a kid, I remember like the excitement of getting to the dune and knowing like when you get over that dune, you're going to see the ocean and not knowing what it was going to look like, not even having a clue, you know, so it was like so exciting and it really 
you know, kept that like excitement about surfing alive to like run over the dune and oh my God, there's waves or it's totally flat or, you know, and, and just dealing with what you have right there. I, I feel um, a million percent that I agree with that. And I think that um, that idea of the journey has been a little lost mm. because you know what's at the destination. Mm. And so that like kind or of- Or you think you know. Well, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I, st I look at apps and I'm still wrong. Yeah. But the, the point is you, it's like that like um, excitement where you first see the waves is definitely lost. And one of the new friends that I met in the water this morning was a lady from Rhode Island. And she was like, Rhode, Island's an, Rhode Island is amazing. We have so many breaks. There's like so many places to surf. It's super awesome. But then she said, but the surf cameras have ruined some of the breaks. Uh, and that was the only negative thing she said. But I was like, oh, interesting. How did she mean it? I mean, I think I know what she means, but do you- Because now they're like, absolutely crazy all the time right right if Super it's good busy. in a moment's notice the yes. crowd's on it yes yeah that was that has always been one of my favorite things about like when it gets good and you're just one of the first to see it or you were waiting for the wind switch and you were there for the wind switch and and you know you're one of the first people out to surf it and you get that window of time maybe just a friend or two or just yourself who knows and it's like pumping you know that's amazing that doesn't really happen as much well at least in front of the camera spots i call them the name brands you yeah, know, that's, they're the ones yes, that everybody yes. knows. Go right to that one, yeah, that sure. spot. Meanwhile, there's surf spots all around it, but the camera doesn't point at those. <laughs> Everyone says, you know, there's so many places to surf in Montauk, and I've surfed a few of them. Um, but I would say one of the like barriers to like me surfing loads of different places is the weight of my longboard. Mm -hmm. <laughs> and everyone's like, oh, let's go surf XYZ place um, off that road. I'm like, oh dear, that's a long walk. <laughs> <laughs> and I, then I like catch myself being a real baby and then think, well, I can suck it up. I'll just put it on my head. No one will care. <laughs> Oh, that's but funny. that's why we're here because I'm a beginner and I can tell you loads of terrible beginner stories. Well, I mean, you know, I like to talk to every every. I always say I'm still a beginner. You know, if you if you look at yourself as a beginner, it keeps the stoke a little bit more alive. You know, you're you're excited to surf little waves. You're ex you just have the right mindset to do the things you need to do to keep be getting better. You know, as soon as you start getting kind of privileged or entitled or cocky about your surfing, your progression will slow down. You know, so the beginner's mindset is a really great mindset to have, like that just eagerness to surf no matter what in fact the other day it was yesterday i was at the beach and i was just walking back from uh like getting a little bite to eat and these three kids like just like we were talking about running over the dune coming to look at the waves they're looking and the one kid sees this tiny little thing i mean it was like ankle high and he looks at it and he goes i can surf that i can ride it and i just looked at it and i was like that's the attitude that's what i want to hear i love i didn't even know them but i just remember thinking like I just love the way he saw the ocean and like it wasn't a small wave it was a wave he could ride so. and it's funny that you said that because it kind of ties back to that idea of like if a surf report is red it's like bad but as a beginner you're like wow that's still you know time in the water time mm -hmm. to practice paddling time to like learn to cross step a little better mm -hmm. so i think even if it's, if it's bad it's through the lens of being a beginner, you're like, well, that will mean less people will be here. Right. So right. actually, it's kind of like, it's also good. Yeah, it really is. It is. But it... I, 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 can I comment on the beginner thing? Of course you can. Because I think there's some things that I, um, I before I moved to America, I was a ski guide. So I, by nature, I just had to be a good skier. Mm -hmm. um, but, and then there's something so, but I would say there's something so wonderful about being like an, um, really good at something. And maybe you're not, 
you don't call yourself a beginner, but you can still constantly want to get better, mm -hmm. even if you're great. Like I watch you surf and I like watch your videos and listen to your podcast. I'm like, that guy's fucking amazing. Like he really understands everything that his arm's doing. And like even how he moves his big toe when he takes off makes a huge difference. <laughs> and I think there's something so like, powerful about that it doesn't mean that you're not constantly learning but no it yeah. means that you're allowed to be a figure that can kind of you're gonna have to take out the pause while i think of the word mm -hmm. be helpful be like someone we could be like chris what are we doing wrong like let's oh chris is in the water let's like watch him surf do you know what I mean? So I think it's totally. fine for you I, well, to call yourself a beginner, but I think we're I saying the think, same thing. We're just yes. saying it a different way. It's that idea. What? What? Be, it's basically having not losing the stoke. Right. Yeah. I, I think that's basically it. Not yeah. losing the stoke. So for me, because if you're I call a, a beginner surfer, mind. what am I? A beginner I mean, surfer. <laughs> it's 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 a, it's a spectrum. You know, yeah. it's not a black okay, and white okay, thing okay, where you're fine, either a beginner fine. or an advanced. It's like you've either just begun your journey, like yeah. you took the first step or you've just begun your journey and you took the first 10 steps, yeah. or you've taken the first 100. But as far as I'm concerned, surfing's so hard that you could be walking a lifetime and still be in the beginning part of your journey, you know? I mean, I've been here 10 years, and I'd like to think I've got a bit better. Well, sure, <laughs> you, you're moving to, forward yes. in your journey. Yeah, moving forward in my journey, but compared to every other thing that I've ever done in my life, this has definitely been the slowest slope of improvement. I haven't heard anybody disagree with that statement. I haven't heard any, everybody says the same thing. Surfing, well, I mean, to put it simply, surfing is one of the hardest things to learn oh, and to my, get good at. Yeah. I mean, I, I learned to like code websites. I learned to be a director. I learned to do all these other things. Oh yeah, I want I to learned, talk about that I learned stuff yoga, too. you know what I mean? Everything. I was like, okay, I'll do my research. I'll like watch some videos. I'll like <laughs> put in the hours. No, I'm, I feel pretty comfortable. You go to ditch planes and it gets four feet. And I'm like, well, this feels difficult. <laughs> Which is such a pity, but I mean, Not that's what I guess what, I mean, Not at all. pity's that's, the wrong word. But yeah, I know what you mean, <laughs> but yeah, just let's keep it clear for the listeners, you know? Like it's like it, a little, it's a little bit frustrating. Oh, I get that, of course. But that's what makes it great. It the makes frustration, it, yeah. the agitation, you know? And, and it's what makes you better too. You know, you don't sharpen a knife with like a frictionless surface. You need friction. That's what makes it sharper. You know, like friction is good for things. It actually, it creates, it, it promotes, it's like how you wash your hands too. You know, I'm trying to think of analogies to, to make my point, but without friction, you can't get better. You can't be resisted, you know, and it's those, what feels negative attributes that actually make progression, you know, in progress. We, in filmmaking, it's like, what's the hurdle that you have to overcome? Like yeah. what's the, so yes, and for anything. me, surfing, there's Every, always a hurdle. Yeah, there's, and, and everybody knows this because everybody does something in their life they're good at. So they can understand this principle, maybe not in surfing, yeah. but in something else they do, you know. Um, so tell me about how you learned how to surf, like, the very beginning. What was your, like, what's your first experience surfing? I was 18 years old. I had, I had um, decided to spend two months in Indonesia before I went to art school. And I was staying either in Sumatra near Nusa Labongan or I was in Bali in Kuta. I can't remember which place I was in. And I saw surfers and I was like, this is my opportunity to have my first lesson. Mm -hmm. But what 
transpired wasn't as romantic and kind of wonderful as everybody else's first surf stories. <laughs> People have been like, yeah, we went surfing, we caught three waves in our first session, it's cool and fun, I had a blast. I was like, okay, well, that's, that all sounds good. I can get behind that as a new sport. And um, I'm a great skier, I can, surfing, easy. Got it. Um, which was so naive of me because I'm actually a really shitty swimmer. <laughs> <laughs> I always say English people aren't that good at swimming. Well, not all of them. No, I just don't think as a country we like a big swimmers. Anyway, <laughs> I digress. So anyway, I go to Indonesia, I like sign up for these lessons and then I realize that it's not like off the beach. It's one of those breaks that you have to get on a boat with your surfboard and um, they motor you out and then they d jump you in the ocean and then give you a lesson. But what happened was, I don't think I was even going for a first wave. Somehow I get like pummeled by the water. Either the board or the fin like wallops me between the eyes and the nose. The skin breaks, there's blood everywhere. And I'm like, I scramble onto my board and I like sit there crying with my hands under my nose as like blood drips into my hands. Oh no. And I'm like shouting, help, help. Because obviously I've done my research. I know there's like a ton of sharks in Indonesia. So I'm like, oh, I'm going to get eaten alive. This is going to be like Jaws 2. <laughs> I just wanted to learn how to surf to be cool. So then these poor guys that are like, who is this weird person? Have to like haul me into the boat. You know, session over, everybody's fun cancelled, <laughs> uh, you know, like take me back to shore. And then the, I then had to spend the next two months traveling with like two black eyes and like a fucked up nose with this huge big like scab on it. So all the photos when I got home, my mum was so disappointed. I have like this <laughs> most messed up face and I was totally miserable. I was like, that is not how I expected it to go. But I... I would say I was intrigued, but I wouldn't say that I caught the bug. If you know <laughs> you what I caught mean. the board to yeah, the face. I caught first. the board to the face. Uh, it was super embarrassing. All my holiday photos were ruined. But then when I went again to Mexico, I was like, damn it, I'm going to try again. Well, that is what I was going to say, because obviously you're still here and you're still surfing. Um, and I think that's just commendable right then and there. It, you know, that's what I think the first thing is that many people have had a situation not even as bad as that not even as traumatizing and and that was it for them surfing you know it's like okay not for me can't do it you know signing off so well done on that aspect well but when I came to Montauk Danny bless Danny tomorrow bless him I'd be like I'd be you know at dinners and I'd be like oh yeah I went surfing today and Danny would be like Emily did you catch any waves uh. I'd be like ah. he's like that's not surfing, that's paddling. And I'd be like, yeah, I spent two hours shitting my pants, paddling away from, I mean, I spent the first three years of my surf career paddling out of the position. <laughs> yeah, if I yeah, ever yeah. accidentally found myself in position, I'd be like, well, this isn't where I want to be. I just spent, you know, three years just trying to find the edge and get people scrapped, you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's funny, but now, that's not the last time you took a board to the head, huh? Because um, I personally remember a time when the ambulance had to come and get you or something like that, right? Do you remember that? No, what head. happened? <laughs> the ambulance? So, but what do you remember? Because was well, everyone talking about it? It was so embarrassing. Yeah, no, because oh, it was a big commotion, you know, it was a big, it was a big drama, something exciting happening on the beach. A little bit of a backstory was once I had a Hawaiian boyfriend and he hated longboarding, so he bought me a shortboard. And every single time I like touched or took that shortboard out, something bad would happen to me. <laughs> so in hindsight, I was like lying in my hospital bed thinking, is that shortboard? 
I'm never going to ride it again. But I was like um, paddling out, a beautiful sunny day. I like had all my friends on the beach, like one of those like perfect weekends that you just feel so stoked to mm. live here. Mm. Um, I was paddling out and I saw a kid kind of come down the line and it was still super shallow, so I, I guess I imagined that he was going to kind of like jump off his board, like you said, like maybe two seconds before the wave ends, so you don't like fuck up and lose your board. Anyway, however happened, he kind of stopped surfing when his surfboard hit the side of my skull. <laughs> <laughs> I was like his like backstop. Oh my god! He had god. one of those pointy ass surfboards. It surfed right into my head. I remember the pain, and then I remember. Um, I remember the look of horror on his face. He was like 15 and he had just got his like first moustache. <laughs> all I remember is like looking at his like, like fuzz on his face. Being like <laughs> halfway through to unconsciousness so like, and so thinking, like, oh, that's yeah. a furry little yeah. mustache you so got, kid. So I remember kid. his person. And then I remember <laughs> thinking, what's dripping down my hair, face? And then I was like, oh God, it's blood. Mm. So then I like turn, like scream help and kind of like start running as fast as I could like back out of the water and all I could see through the blood and the fear is Scott Roonin coming towards me and he like grabs me picks me up walks me on the beach everyone obviously you know it's like everyone starts swarming to me someone gives me a towel Scott Roonin's trying to like wrap my skin together because he's like pierced my skin and there's like just blood oh. flowing from my head I'm feeling super sick. I can see my roommate Glenn like running down. The beach. It's like this like slow motion Glenn uh. running down the beach. I'm like, oh, I really feel like this isn't gonna go well. Someone's calling 911. My friends are trying to. They're like, we can't put you in the ambulance in a wetsuit. Like, but they're trying to like peel off my wetsuit. I am freaking out mm. because I don't know what's you, you, like. You don't really know what's happening. Like, I know there's blood and it's my head. So adrenaline is kicking in. The guys, the ambulance drivers come and then they're trying to like, they take the towel off and then they wrap their own like gauze around my head. But they couldn't, it was like right in my hairline, but they couldn't get it to stick because my hair was so wet and uh. it kept like falling off. So they're just like, just like holding my head into the ambulance. Uh, uh. And then I remember thinking, I'm in the ambulance and I remember thinking, you know how annoying it is when you're like in traffic and then an ambulance comes mm. and it's like you kind of wish you were in the ambulance just so you don't have to deal with the traffic between well, Montauk got, and Southampton. You got your wish. I was like, wow, I've never done this journey to Southampton so fast. <laughs> That's what I remember thinking. The funny things you think about in the middle of a... I was like, wow, we're going really fast on the highway right now. Hey, we're making great time up there. Great work. <laughs> yes. People are really getting out of the way. So I get to the hospital. They like take off this like bandage, they clean me up and then I'm like, oh, I need the toilet. They're like, we're going to start stapling you now. I'm like freaking out. I'm like, I need the toilet. So then they let me go to the toilet and that's when I finally see what's happened. It's basically a six inch gash in my head. They've had to like shave my hair so they can like get the staples in. Yeah. Um, six inch gash that they're going to staple together. It kind of like looks like. <laughs> like that kind of shape in my head it's absolutely disgusting and then I'm like well now I'm gonna pass out so they get me back to the chair staple my head together it's like super gross and then they're like now you're on bed week bed rest for two weeks 
no TV. I was like, oh great, I can like catch up on all the movies I've been lying about watching for the last decade. <laughs> um, I can finally see The Godfather, you know what I mean? I was kind of stoked for like two seconds until they were like, no TV, no screens. You just need to like lie in bed and recover. You've had like a serious head injury. Wow. Um, and then what was more embarrassing is that like, you know, Glenn is obviously photographing the whole, you know, the whole experience. And then I was wearing the titties and beer top that I got from like a friend um, gave me this like Rockaway t-shirt. So it was like more embarrassing. I had like a big white turban on, a titties and beer top. And that's how I got released from Southampton Hospital. Do you have a picture of that? Yes, I do. Oh, that's and great. That'll be the cover art for the episode. I have that. I also have the actual um, photo of the staples. I want all of it. Yes. I want all of it. Um, but what was even funnier was that I don't really remember that. The bit that's not funny was I don't remember the two weeks at all. Wow. I just sat in bed and Glenn fed me like applesauce. Wow. But then I went back to work and I got fired. What? Yeah. Anyway, it turned no out. No sympathy. Yeah, they let me, they were like, I was there for like three days and then they fired me. Why? That's another story. Is it, yeah. Not because I Do you want to tell it or is it not really? No, I, th I mean, it was funny in hindsight. I basically just got a green card. I was at this dumb job to get a green card. They gave me the green card. I had the accident and then they fired me. So it turned out to be amazing because I got a free green card. Yeah. But I did think it was funny that I was literally just off brain rest and then I got fired. Yeah, that's kind of unfortunate and... No, it's the best. It was the best day of my life getting fired. Oh, all right. I well, left nice. a job that wasn't for me. Mm. I got a free green card and I walked straight into my dream job. Oh, yeah. Right, so it was right like, on. it was the best firing. Otherwise, I'd have stayed and paid off my green card and like been unhappy for a few years in a job that wasn't for me. So I'm, it was the best day of my life. Turned my out life. to be a great pilot. I've actually been it? fired five times. Um, you know, the first one was like 16, leading up to like, you know, 20 years later. <laughs> and I, um, I always tell people that being I being fired has always been amazing for my career I felt like it's been these like opportunities to try something new to refocus to like kind of like take stock and kind of like move forward mm. so I think I've had such a great career because I've been fired so many times which <laughs> is like probably not what, what most people think of when they think of being fired so um, I'm now a film director but I like moved to New York because I wanted to be a famous artist. I had just graduated art school and I was like, New York's got the best art, it's got the best art scene. Then I got fired from like a million jobs because I actually told my boss that her husband was having an affair. So, and I told her, but I thought that someone had told me as it was a joke. Oh so gosh. I said to my boss, ha ha, I've heard your husband is having an affair oh my well it god. turned out that he was having an affair and she was so pissed at me that she fired me oh my god anyway. what an awkward situation to get yourself into yeah yeah i definitely regret that one <laughs> and then i got fired from a fashion job which if you've ever seen me dress that's like a no-brainer i don't need to tell that story and then i was fired after getting my green card which saved me three thousand dollars in like three years of my life so it was like the best day of my life but now i'm a film director and it just basically i was in the right place at the right time um and these men were like emily you are so bossy we really think you're going to be great at making this film. <laughs> I was like, yeah, well, I am bossy. Thank you. Uh, so I <laughs> thank you, I think. Uh, yeah, thank you, I think. So I went and made my first film in Vietnam. And it was like a huge success. And then I became a director. It's as simple as that. And what's... Well, so tell, the, tell about the project, too. The surf one? Yeah. And what's so amazing is basically my second film I got to make was about a really famous surfer who everyone kind of knows because he started the Big Wave World Tour. He's called Gary Linden. 
He's probably 80 years old now, um, but he still surfs every day. He still, we talked about, you know, that beginner stoke. He's certainly not a beginner, but when you talk to him, he's still like stoked to surf one foot waves in the winter where he lives in California. Mm -hmm. So he took me to Todos Santos, which is a big wave um, break in Mexico. And mm -hmm. um, I will quickly say it was the best day of my life. We basically had all our, um, I was with a surf cinematographer called Kellen Keane, who makes amazing surf videos. And we put all our shit in Pelican cases, got it all waterproof. Gary Linden got us a little boat. We boated across to the island. The light, we stayed in the lighthouse. The lighthouse keeper fed us. Wow. And then we like um, filmed for two days surfing big waves. Sick. And so I came back with this amazing film in the can and it was, because I now by then lived in Montauk and surfed every weekend, it just felt so amazing that my kind of life and career had finally having struggled for like 30 years to like find my kind of like flow as a creative and mm. also as a surfer for it to kind of like come together that surfing was like so help i got the job because they knew i surfed it you know they knew i lived in montauk so they were like you're a perfect director for this so you're bossy and you surf <laughs> yeah perfect as everybody knows who listens to this <laughs> so it was like a, an amazing film it like changed my career i won some awards i got like um, this amazing job opportunity to direct full-time. Um, so I'm very grateful for surfing. And as we kind of discussed in take one, I think surfing makes me a better director because it's made me so much calmer. It's made me a deeper thinker. And it's I like why. Tell why. Why does it make you calmer during the week? Well, I think that I'm still such a beginner that scaring is still kind of, surfing is still kind of scary for me. Yeah, yeah. Even if it's one foot waves, after having the experience where like, somebody else hurt me so badly um, when I got my head split open like surfing is still kind of intimidating for me so it makes everything else in my life so much more kind of like safe and easy yeah, and yeah. so now like Saturdays <laughs> and Sundays I spend like shitting my pants like flapping around in the water <laughs> you know being a director is like kind of a walk in the park compared to that <laughs> and so but you won an award for that film right yeah, I got this like showcase thing, which was kind of a big deal. That's amazing. And what's the name of the film? It's called Dare Bigger with Gary Linden. All right. It's on my website. Oh yeah, you got to say that. LittleEnglishGenius.com. Check it out. People. I'm gonna check when the um, when the uh, your podcast launches. I'm gonna go on my Google Analytics to see how many people, and hopefully there's a big spike Let's in Montauk viewers. <laughs> Let's see. It's a good test. But um, okay, so now I want to hear about the story of the, the what I thought was a $2,000 ding repair. Thankfully, not. But I'm actually, dumb, but I'm not that dumb. <laughs> I love Jimmy, but not that much. Talk about the $200 ding repair story. Um, Bluefish Bob, bless him, who was also one of my surf instructors, gave me this shitty ass board that barely floats. He was like, Emily, I'm going to bestow this on you. You're not catching any waves, so you could have some fun in it. <laughs> so I duly, you know, it was like full of dings and it was like, you know, brown. And, but it was a Takayama, so I was like, oh, this is good, this is good. It was like an egg. I was stoked. Because uh -huh. um, I only had like one board that, funnily enough, my first board came from Jonathan Paskowitz, from the famous Paskowitz really? family. Yeah. Bless him. Uh, so I got this board. I duly take it to, took it to Jimmy to get fixed. He was like, there's like 15 holes in this board. Are you sure you want me to fix it? <laughs> but I'm so stoked that I'm like, yes, whatever it costs, fix it. So he's like $200. So I get this board, I take it home. Maybe I surf it once. And when I say surf it, I mean, I paddle around ditch planes with it. I don't think I even caught a wave on this stupid board. 
Um, and then I was like, it was the year that Rush Myers had opened and they were doing all these like fun events and they had a tie-dye party. And I thought, well, that's a great way to spend a Sunday, tie-dyeing t-shirts. <laughs> and so I was frothing to get to this like tie-dye party and I like reversed over my board. And I heard that like, you know when you hear a noise and your tummy drops? Yeah, <laughs> um, yep. I, yeah so that was the noise I heard. And I ran out and I, I would, like to say here that I do have a bit of a temper and my temp I just saw red and I threw both pieces uh, in the bush and was like screaming and then everyone from my house came out and they were like what's wrong and I was like I've just broken my board I was so upset Chris because I don't know I, I don't think it was the money I was like everything about surfing is so fucking difficult I can't even like look after the equipment you know what I mean yeah, yeah. I really feel like why am I finding surfing so difficult well, but I was take, bummed you can take a little solace in the fact that that that's a story I've heard quite a few times and have even been there for um you know the, the backing over your surfboard story it's actually pretty common but my favorite one is my friend Travis Koch Dr. Travis Koch who you know, he started running over the board and I think he was moving slow. So he only just started hearing the crackling, but knowing that it was already done for, he just was like, fuck it. Kept backing up and just ran the thing clear over in half. Because <laughs> it goes from that awful moment of like, oh my God, I know what that noise is. Whereas for me, I like stopped the car, went out, screamed. But for him, he was like, I'm just going to enjoy it. Yeah, yeah. I guess like, he was like... He already, he like, in the same moment that he realized what he was doing, and getting so angry about it, he let it go too. You know, it was like, well, it's over now. I crushed it. You know, like, let's just finish her off. Well, I guess that's those people are more well balanced than me, but I would say that I still have the sarong that I tie dyed. And every time <laughs> I wear this stupid sarong, I think of my board. That's so funny. Which half is now hanging in my bedroom as art. That's cool. I kept the tachyome. Takiyama logo, the little egg section. <laughs> it broke cleanly and oh no, it didn't even break cleanly in half. I was so upset. I took it back to Jimmy and I said, "Could you like, <laughs> no, could you, you like, back to Jimmy? yeah, could you like file the edge so I could have it as wall art?" And <laughs> How I much think, did he charge you for that? He probably, I, I I like to think that he like felt so sorry for me that he did it for free. <laughs> I don't know. Do you think he feels sorry for people ever? I think he felt sorry for me because I made some cool films with Jimmy. He also doubled as my therapist for a while. No. Until I became more fucked up and I was like, I guess Jimmy isn't really the best person I should be talking to about my problems. <laughs> oh, that's great. Um, hey, I'm just looking on your list of, of stories. Uh, by the way, listeners, Emily's Don't, got oh, one no, hell of a list. That's so embarrassing that I wrote a list of stories. No, it's not. I tell people to do it. I okay. can just, I'll just cut that out then. No, 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 it's fine. All right, I, I like being a geek. I mean, it's the easiest way to do stuff okay, and it just helps. But now I, I know the day you're talking about and this one little bullet point here of when the day it jumped from three foot to like oh way overhead. My God. That was Hurricane Arthur. I remember distinctly. What, 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 so what happened to you that day? Because everybody has a story about that day. I can't wait to hear your story because I bet it's a hell of a lot better than my story. <laughs> you first. It started off as every great drama does, as a beautiful sunny day. <laughs> I think you're, you're going to be able to, um, your memory is probably better than mine. It was definitely a weekend. Mm -hmm. I, I think it was a Sunday. I don't remember that part. Um, and it was a beautiful sunny day. The waves were like three foot and perfect. Mm -hmm. You know, everyone was super stoked. Was it August? Uh, no, I think it was July. Oh, it could have even been end of June. But I think no, it was July. Yeah, that's why I feel like it was like a holiday, like Memorial Day or something. No, you know what? You're right. It was July 4th. 
Yeah, it felt like there was a. It, it, was it July felt like 4th. it was a party weekend. It was. It was July fourth. I remember now. Yes. Okay, that all makes sense. And it was this beautiful day. Everyone is super stoked. I'm, you know, I'm like not a terrible beginner by then. I'm just like an awful beginner, which I consider <laughs> I know, once. Which is worse. Well, yeah, I was truly terrible, and now I'm like awful. But I can catch waves. You know what I mean? Wow. I'm like, you know, going down the line. I can go. My turtling is like excellent. And then we go out, and it's like beautiful. And then what happens is everything feels weird. The energy changes. The sky like goes from like beautiful blue to like a dark color. And then the waves just come. And I remember thinking, I have to get in, because what's going to happen is I'm going to get trapped out the back. Obviously, what happened was I did get trapped out of the back and I get like pounded on two massive sets. You're, when you tell your side of the story, you're going to be like, those sets weren't massive. No, but they were. I, oh, my God. I remember being like, well, I'm obviously not going to go for the waves. I couldn't paddle fast enough to get out of the way. So I end up being like pummeled and pummeled and pummeled, just getting like the shit kicked out of me, scared for my life. The, the sky is like by now it's like blacks and blues and greys and the clouds it's are coming. thunder and lightning yeah. and there's Zeus is in the sky <laughs> throwing like <laughs> I mean remember I'm like coming from like a point of absolute fear so for me it goes to like the worst day in the world <laughs> and I finally just I'm like well I can't even figure out a way to get I basically get dragged in nearly get hit by the jetty finally get to um where my feet touch the water and then i like run out of the water you know my board in like super kook fashion like trailing behind <laughs> me because i'm like get me the fuck to land and then i like fall and i strain my ankle so then my friends have to come and like carry me the last <laughs> 10 feet i'm like why is something so difficult <laughs> i hate it so then i end up on the beach i get like chaired up the beach i mean not luckily no one's watching me because everyone has their eyes on like what's happening out the back with the like real surface and it was just the most incredibly intense wonderful amazing experience that I've ever had it was one of my favorite days surfing can I pause and now you tell me your side of the story sure yeah I we knew that swell was coming I didn't yeah. guess why because I <laughs> guess didn't. what yeah. I didn't know guess what? Uh, I wasn't checking that that was a significant swell because that was Hurricane Arthur and it was coming straight up the coast the east coast and we knew it was gonna build fast and and like and be big we just weren't sure if it was gonna hit before night you know and so all day we're kind of like oh come on come on come on we we're like looking for any kind of hints that you know it's gonna start picking up any sets coming and it was like pretty late in the day when you started to see that there was a little tick up in the energy you know a little bit more size was just in that set and I remember kind of taking my eyes off it for a moment and going to my car or something just a moment coming back to the beach and be like, whoa, it's head high. All of a sudden it got a little bigger. Now I'm like, now I'm getting excited and I'm ready to go. Go back up. No, what I do, I'm going to go to my car and get my stuff, but I go run up to the house. Well, we call it grandma's house and go tell all the boys, hey guys, it's hitting. The swell's coming. Like, get ready. Let's go gear up and go. By the time I tell them that and run back down, I mean, it's like five, 10 minutes. It's, it's twice the size. I was like, oh my God, now it's almost too big to surf ditch. You know, now I'm like, now I want to go surf a different spot because there's plenty of energy to fill in some of the deeper water spots that are going to be really fun to surf uh, and, and manage the swell better. Um, go drive, check those other spots, flat, flat, really? flat, flat. I was like, how, how is this possible? So I'm like, okay, I guess I have to go back to the original option. Let's go surf there. 
I get back there, now it's like triple overhead. It's huge. It's like properly big. It's white out the back. And I'm actually concerned. Did you say white out the back? Like just white lines all the way yes. out to the. Yeah. And, and, and I remember thinking, I actually was concerned because I knew that a lot of people were out there just yeah. surfing two foot waves. Yes. And now in just a matter of 20 minutes, it's, it's tripled in size. Yeah. You know, um, so I, anyway, I, I get my board. I couldn't make it out. It just was constantly coming, you know, breaking, getting bigger and bigger and pushing in. So I just paddle straight across like parallel to the beach because there was a sandbar that was like taking, like breaking a nice little wave, um, you know, making a nice little wave that, that was breaking good and, and kind of tubing. And I got one and, I, and then I just couldn't get back in position. There was so much water moving, like all, not only is the swell coming towards the beach, but the storm is behind it pushing. Yeah. So it was like a double whammy, you know? It's, it's like the momentum of the storm in addition to the waves it's already making. So all that water has to flow somewhere. So it's getting split by the jetty left and right. It's getting like any little contour shape in the coast or depth in the, the ocean floor is getting just water circulating through it. So it really was pretty impossible to surf, at least for me. Um, but yeah, and then and, and so I got one wave and that was it. And then I spent the rest of the night trying to paddle back into position, which I never got to. Um, and that's the end of my story. Were there people out the back getting super lucky? I mean, no, I was no. facing, I was there facing was nobody, the beach. Yeah, nobody made it. So I remember, so what may, sent me in actually is we actually started getting sucked out. By this point now, I'm surfing with guys that want to surf these waves. They're not stuck. And we're paddling to get in position and, and we're actually getting pulled out to sea, like in a way that I'd never experienced before. That's what was happening to me. Yeah. So I kept thinking, oh, well, I'm just going to get like pounded by this set but then at least I'll be further to the beach. Yeah, and it but wasn't But what was happening. happening, I was getting pounded, and then I was like, dude, I'm still in the like impact zone. Yeah, yeah, pretty incredible, right? Yeah. I've never experienced that before. So anyway, kind of recognizing that, like feeling myself getting sucked out and paying attention to the beach and seeing where we were going and watching everybody just keep trying to make it out, and it was almost dark, I just turned around and took one of those bombs like on the back and just like belly board yeah. rode it all the way in. And then I just, you know, watched for the rest of the evening. But it was a pretty impressive day, huh? To yeah. see the ocean do that yeah. is, is pretty incredible. I feel like <clears throat> surfing is so emotional. Um, it's, what do I want to say about it? I find surfing incredibly emotional. I find that, um, I guess it's World Oceans Day today, isn't it? So we should probably talk about how awesome the ocean is, but. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I just feel like these experiences, I wouldn't trade for the world. Like, I don't have to be the best surfer to have exactly the same experience that you did. Right. Like, that right. day will go down in history for both of us. Right, right. You That's got barreled, and I, like, nearly lost a foot. You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I you got barreled, I nearly drowned. You know, it's funny. Now that I think about it, I actually stubbed my toe so bad. Really? Oh, God. Because I was yes. running so fast to, like, get into the water. I was so eager and anxious that I'm sprinting across the rocks to get up the point sure. so I have a better, you know, like, a chance of getting out. And I smashed my foot to a rock. <laughs> I remember stopping, looking at it, and being like, oh, that's pretty bad. Yeah. I got to keep trying. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, but do you find surfing emotional? Oh, absolutely. Yeah, totally. And, and I actually, I feel I have to manage my emotions a bit because it can overwhelm you. Yeah, I feel overwhelmed you know, a lot. And I've gotten so much better at that. There used to be a time where like if I didn't have a good session, it would kind of bug me for the rest of the day. And then if I heard like someone asking a friend or someone else like, oh, how was it? And they were like, oh, it was so good. I was like, damn it. You know, and I didn't want to answer the question, how was it? Because truthfully, I felt like not good. Yeah. I didn't like it. I didn't have fun. 
Um, but then, you know, like I started to realize like how to have fun surfing regardless of how you perform or how you think you perform, you know, because what you're doing and how you perceive it is just one take on it. But like other people look at me or, or I look at someone else and I see or they see someone having a ton of fun. And why shouldn't that be the narrative? Why shouldn't that be the story of that session that you had a ton of fun? Because you, you could have if you just turned your, your mind around about it. You're in the water, you're surfing, you're getting waves and maybe your standard was above your performance so it didn't feel right. But it's not necessarily true. Like that doesn't have to equate to an unhappy feeling when you get out of the water. So I guess what I'm trying to say is now I've gotten a lot better at not really caring how I perform or, or how I think I performed and just enjoying my time in the water and feeling grateful for the privilege to be able to do it, you know? I find that um, I agree, but I would say that because, you know, I'm in this kind of like, that beginner, part of having a beginner mindset is that like, well, every time I go out, I'm gonna learn something and that's what's so awesome about being a beginner. Mm. So I do find that like sessions where I suck do get to me and it will like throw off I love to play tennis, I play like tennis all the time. Mm -hmm. And then if I have like a shitty surf session, I have found that like it does trickle into different parts of my day. Yeah. Like I'll be like shitty at tennis and yeah. then like a shitty friend later on. <laughs> and I definitely think that's something I'm gonna work on because it's like, like we just said, we're so grateful to live here. We're so grateful to have these amazing experiences. Why should one like dumb hour where you don't make good choices like kind of affect you? Yeah, well, I don't know. It just, I don't it, know. But I it wish speak, it didn't. It's well, embarrassing. Two things is that, not to make myself sound perfect, because I do, I have to battle this. You no, know, but like you're I have working work, on it. Yeah, yeah, yeah I'm actively it. making sure that I kind of manage that aspect of my mentality. Um, but two is that, because when you think about it, like the journey of surfing is so big and so long that each session is so microscopic. You know, each hour you spend is really pretty small in the scheme of the journey that it's it's not a really you can't measure you know one session by one session how well you're doing what's your progress you know because you can have one session a year later be way worse than how you surfed a year ago it doesn't mean you're getting worse it just means you had a bad session you know or not as good a session as the other time but like we were talking about earlier how, why surfing is so hard because you're not in control of everything you know you're dealing with this dynamic medium that you you don't control i think you just touched on something that i kind of wanted to talk about and especially knowing a lot of people in Montauk and a lot of people that have these like high-powered jobs and that idea of control um, I'm in control of everything like everything in my life I'm a director it's like literally my way or the highway I literally am like I want this and then everybody goes and does it. Mm -hmm. like I'm in control of everything and what that's why I so love to surf even if it's like the shitty waves because it's the one time of my week in my life where I'm not really in control and I like love it. I think that's why I find it so emotional because it, I am not in control. Mm. And you know when you go on a ski holiday, you could ski when the snow isn't good. You could ski powder, you could ski ice, you could ski like at the end of the season where you're like basically skiing on grass. Mm. Like you can always put your skis on and ski. And so you're always, you are therefore still in control. But when you go, surfing and it is flat then you cannot surf mm -hmm. and that i think is so magical about surfing yeah and i yeah. guess it makes it not a sport 
I wonder it, if it's hard for to me, qualify it as a sport. Yes. You know? It's a, it's an athleticism for sure, but it's 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 not so simple as a sport. Because you can't do it at will. Yeah. You can't just go out and practice. Oh, it. I'm gonna go yeah. to surfing. Well, I've been to Costa Rica and it was like flat for a week. Uh -huh. Actually, just kidding. I haven't, but I've heard like stories. <laughs> just kidding. I have great surf karma, and I've heard stories of my friends being like, "Uh, yeah, we didn't surf once. It was totally flat." Wow. And so I wonder if that kind of makes it. I think, yeah, and I, I just love the idea of surfing that you have to adjust to what the ocean is doing. Totally. You can't insist on your way. It, your I clothes, mean, your board, your attitude, yeah. who you take with you. Yeah, it's all depending on the ocean, you know, and the better you are at knowing the right criteria for that day, you know, the, the right board, the right attitude even, you know, and how you want to surf or what you want to, you could even take it as, as um as like microscopic or fine to, uh, uh, focused on like how you surf a wave and the next section that's coming up. And you can't insist on doing a certain maneuver you want to practice if the section doesn't call for that, you know? And, and that's just, you can, you can see that, that lesson everywhere in surfing, you know? That you just don't get to do whatever you want. You gotta do what it wants and that's how you really get good at it, you know? When you just kind of let them lead the dance, you know, let the ocean lead the dance. Like today was kind of small and like not too busy and you know, I wasn't there to get like the best waves, but it was a great opportunity for me to practice cross-stepping. Mm. Cause I feel like every time I get a great wave, I'm like, oh, this isn't the time to practice cross-stepping because I'm just so stoked on the feeling. Mm. <laughs> so I use these like shitty days to practice. Well, that's a, that's a great attitude to have, you know, and, and that's why I'm always encouraging like my, my, my brand, brand new beginners, I'm like, don't even look at conditions, you know, just go surf as long as it's not huge. But get out there, even if you have to be in the white water, yeah. you know, and taking them straight to the beach, practice your stand up, practice yeah. that position on the board where the board glides most effortlessly. Practice, be paddling, be, all of these things contribute to when the waves are good and you're gonna nail it. It only will happen that way if you had leading up to it, practice and surfed and, and put your time in on the shitty yeah. days. Because you don't, you don't get to just be like, hey, let's turn on the, the epic wave machine and get some good surf, you know? <laughs> it's just, and especially if, if you only have certain days you're, you can surf, you know? I would say so there's this weird thing. thing, like how come all good waves never seem to happen at weekends? Oh, that's the blessing of, that's the blessing of, uh, the, the ocean, it's I don't know. God, that's, God yeah. is like, mm, there's going to be so many people here on Saturday. You know, it's so, so funny. I think I'm going to bless the Wednesday crowd. I, I even In 10 years, I really feel like <sighs> I'm really seeing a trend to like midweek awesomeness. Yeah. I, oh, you should have been here on Thursday. Oh, you weren't here on Thursday? No, because I was in the city making money. <laughs> <laughs> I had the past like four Mondays were like so fun. Not even great waves, like outstanding, but just fun. And of course, like half to a quarter of the crowd of course. and and beautiful weather and it's just like had me giggling and thinking specifically about this like wow all the weekend warriors got skunked again yeah actually no we've been pretty lucky these their weekends have had surf compared Past to some years we got really lucky memorial day was fantastic weather like, yeah good weather little, good waves yeah exactly you memorial know, day has been kind of, of shitty for it has been a few i mean years. i remember a couple of years of having terrible weather and waves yes and lots of bad weekends, like yes. rainy weekends and shitty windy yeah. days. And like we're saying, not that you can't surf, but it really is so much more inspiring when it's beautiful out and there's a little wave. I think for me, I mean, I'll, I surf through the winter, so I love cold weather surfing. I love my thick wetsuit. I love those stupid gloves. I love my boots. But my friends that come out from New York for a weekend, they're like, 
we expect waves, we expect good weather, we expect you to barbecue for us. Like, <laughs> it's, fu it's funny. Surfing is so exciting and it takes so much to kind of like even get to the beach if you don't live here. Mm. I feel bad for people when it's like crappy weather and like crappy waves. But that's, that's, I don't feel bad because I think that's what makes it so amazing and special for us. Yeah. You know, it's that much more special. We have to persevere not only to be able to learn how to surf, just to get to the beach, you know, and, and yeah. like we're, and that's our reward, you know, these, those beautiful days and those great waves and, and the rides we get, that's the reward for being diligent and perseverant, not just on that day, but over the years. I'm going to say know? that. I'm going to be like, next time people are in the, I'm going to be like, look, did you surf in February? Yeah. Get out. Exactly. Get out of here. Yeah. Exactly. Is, is that your way? Were you were you here like? Have you been surfing the last yeah. three years through the winter? <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm gonna see. I'm gonna try that and see how far it gets me. But <laughs> see. I would. Yeah, I would say that winter surfing has made me a better surfer. Oh, absolutely. I love winter surfing. I love being out there with like a few people. Everyone is super kind. I'm still obviously the worst person in the water, but like it's totally different. It's like a totally different sport. Yeah, it, it's so good for you, and I think it just, it's kind of like, it touches on the um, the kind of thing you were talking about before, where you're like, surfing on the weekend so great, because it makes my week seem easier and mellower, and it's like that with, with surfing in the winter. Like, yes. You surf all winter, yes. the summer is like, this is great, this is easy, like a 3-2 or no wetsuit yeah. at all, sunny, you know, and like, oh, I can do that. I just came out of my 5-4, 7 mil boots and gloves you know, in freezing water and every wave that hits you, even if it's one to two foot, it feels you like a thousand, yeah, a thousand bricks on your head. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, surfing in the winter does a lot of things, but I think mostly it, it empowers your mentality and it makes you feel that much more um, confident in the summer. It also is just a turn on. I think there's something that like, when you tell people you surf in the winter, I know maybe this is like kind of embarrassing to admit to, but it's like, it's so nice to do things that everybody else considers crazy yeah, or everybody totally. else Hell considers yeah. stupid. There's a little pride in that for sure. Yeah. To be able to be like, yeah, I surfed in the winter and to see the expression on people's face like that's possible. You do? Like what? I mean, I still get the surf in New York. I mean, because oh, yeah. when, you know, when I do my job, people, you know, and mainly I don't film in New York. So people are like, you surf in New York. That's the first question I get. Yeah. And then they're like, you surf in the winter. And then they'll like be like, isn't it cold? <laughs> I'm like, well, yeah. Yeah, yeah, it is cold. Uh, yeah, it is cold. <laughs> I was like, have you ever had, what's your worst ice cream headache? And then I'm like, times it by 10. <laughs> That's the best scenario for when you surf in the winter, <laughs> well, how that, your mouth is gonna feel. Oh my gosh, is it really that bad for you? Do you have like a terrible brain freezes? Well, because every time I hit the water, I'm usually shouting help. Oh, so yeah. that was the, so usually I for the first few years of winter surfing. <laughs> so you're filling your mouth I'd with get, freezing I'd cold like, water. Sometimes I yell help just as my mouth hits the water. <laughs> so then I'll like get a mouthful of water, and so then I learned to like scream help before I hit the water, and then I'd like purse my lips and be like. Mm. So are you still screaming help on your way down nowadays? Because I don't hear it. No, I've stopped after the ice cream headaches got too bad. Good. That's that I'd good. like hit the water with my mouth closed. As, see another way that surfing in the winter makes you better. Close your mouth. Too big a consequence sure, yeah. to be screaming yeah. help on the way down. Yeah. <laughs> and it's not like help, I'm gonna die. It's more like, oh Hey everybody, shit. listen to me, I'm falling. Yeah. <laughs> I think in the winter, I just want people to keep an eye out for me. When it gets a little bigger, when there's only a few people in the water, I think maybe I don't have the confidence to know that I can self-rescue. Well, I mean, there's, there's, an, there's a, a point where nobody can. You know, everybody, I mean, what I'm trying to say is there's a point that in everybody that 
<laughs> I mean, even the best surfers in the world, if they get clocked in the head, you know, and go unconscious, they can't rescue themselves. So I can understand that, you know? It, it is a little bit of a survival. You know, like, Scott Murden, like, if Scott Murden hadn't come and got me out of the water, I probably would have just, like, sat down and just, like, bled to death. <laughs> oh, I can't do oh, it. Oh, back when the short yeah, porter hit you in when the When the short porter, like, yeah, yeah. you know, took a chunk out of my head. Oh, God bless Scott. Thank but, you, Scott. You're a good man. It, but then I did get the nickname Blue Crush for a few years. Uh, why is that? Because well, I was that like, relate to Blue Crush? Because I was like the opposite. It was like the opposite oh, of the Blue like Crush a, scene. Oh, it was like a mockery <laughs> yeah. joke. <laughs> yeah, I was like definitely not Blue Crushing it. I got it. Um, but yeah, I think I <laughs> yell help just so, it. <laughs> so people know. They're like, okay, well, that girl was there. We should kind of check if she's like comes back to the lineup. <laughs> uh. So tell me about the time you went to go surf that one spot that can be a little challenging to paddle out at the shore break. I'm, this spot that you talk about, I don't know where I got my fear from. And I think it's because everybody else says that it's kind of like a wonky spot. Um, oh, it's not a beginner spot, blah, blah, blah. So I've always had like a little bit of fear, but my best friend who's also a surfer was in town we were super stoked. We got up at like, you know, first light, depths of winter. And all, the only place that was breaking was this break. So I was like, well, okay, we're going to go out here. So, you know, I, it's winter surfing. So I don't know if everyone else does this, but I pound like four coffees. <laughs> so I know I have enough like we in me to keep me like warm. You know what I mean? Um, so I pound like four coffees. I like, we all change in the lighthouse um, park, uh, the lighthouse like toilets because they're so warm. Mm -hmm. um, so we we change, we get to the waves. My friend, and it's like one of those days. It just like jacks up on the beach, and it like crashes, and the pebbles are super noisy, and it's just a super intimidating place. Mm -hmm. And so my friend makes it out the back and she goes off and has a great session and i'm standing in like one foot of water i can't see i am just absolutely frozen with fear i can't figure out any way that i'm going to get me and my longboard out the back and i just stand there and like the coffees start coming through me i'm just like pissing on myself my wetsuit is like full of wee i'm like oh my legs are really warm but i'm like frozen cold i'm so mad at myself my friend is like catching all these waves in the distance i literally cannot get out the back she eventually comes in because i like she sees me standing on the shoreline like kind of like i'm crying i'm like mad at her for having such a good time i'm mad at myself for being such a baby and then we go back to the like um place where we take our wetsuits off and i'm literally totally dry you know in my wetsuit apart from like from my like knees down are uh, like just we are uh, like there's just like loads of urine in like my boots and up my legs which can't come out Aww. i'm like totally dry in my five millimeter suit and gloves and i was like this is the worst surf experience of my life i never <laughs> want to surf again i'm like bone dry apart from urine and i couldn't even get into the waves <laughs> I guess the story is kind of pathetic, but the point is, I still surf. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah, you made it through another uh, not such a positive experience. <laughs> it's just so stupid. I just couldn't, even though nothing would have happened, I would have just like maybe got a little pummeled, but I would have got out fine. Yeah, you would have been fine. I just totally froze. 
It's I, amazing what fear can do to you, huh? Yeah, I hate fear. I mean, I love fear when it like works in your direction and you overcome something, but there's fear that can totally stop you. Yep, yep. But that, and that's what I think I love about surfing. Another cliche, another life lesson is that surfing really helps you see how like pushing, pushing your limits and, and kind of dabbling with your fear and, and, and experimenting with how far you can go, even though you have that fear, it's present, it's telling you to stop. It proves to you, you know, later and after the fact, like you can do it. Oh, maybe you shouldn't have been afraid, you know, or maybe you should be a little braver in the future. You can do it. It's just, it, it just really it empowers you when you have a little fear, but you overcome it. You know, and then it's like moving forward. I think, did you, you listen to Erin, you said, right? Yeah, I Aaron thought she said, was fantastic. She was, she was good. And she was talking about this and I really, I feel, I've always felt this way about it, but she said it really well, how, um, you know, just pushing through the fear, you know, with respect, you know, I mean, you respect your fear and your limits, but that doesn't mean you can't push them and, and see how far it can go. Um, and it just, it, yeah, it, it builds you up as a surfer and as a, as a person in general. That's why I'm so, I'm happy to tell this story, even though it makes me look like an idiot, <laughs> because I just, I'm so mad at myself that I didn't t push up against my fear. Instead, I retreated and just pissed on myself on the shoreline. <laughs> you know what I mean? I did the absolute opposite of what everybody else does, which is just, you know, take one more but step. But it's also a lesson Get back too. on the horse. I'll never do that again because I was absolutely mortified. My friend thought I was like the dumbest thing and I was probably a bitch all day uh, because I was just, you know, soaked in urine and like ashamed of myself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that was a good lesson. Yep, yep. Lessons either way. Don't well, piss on yourself before you get in the water would be probably the lesson I learned. That's a big takeaway. Say, yeah. say, save it. <laughs> wait until you're sure you're paddling. <laughs> yeah, wait until you're wet before you start pissing on yourself. Ugh, what a loser. Oh yeah, Emily, this was such a nice little chat we had. What a, what a beautiful little spot you have. I love your property. Your grass looks great. Dude, thank you. How do you, how do you, how do, you do that? I think it's the amazing Montauk weather. I live diagonally away from you and I don't have nearly as nice a grass. Really? I try. Oh, I do spend a lot of time watering my plants and, you know. Yeah, I do that too. We'll talk about this more later. In uh, your gardening podcast. Yeah, my gardening podcast. Coming up next. Coming, coming up next. Hey guys, if you're not subscribed to the Coopcast or leaving reviews and rating, you're kooking it. Get on iTunes or Player FM or Stitcher or whatever directory you listen through or through the website, thecircuitcontinuum.com, and, uh, and rate, review, subscribe so you're not a big old kook. Thank you, Chris. You're awesome. I really appreciate that. Oh, thanks, Emily. You're awesome, too. I'm glad we finally got it together. Yeah. Right on. Thanks for having me on. You're welcome. Woo! -hoo.